Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is KJ and Lions on WEEI. In the Patriots, because the culture was already set. Now you're going somewhere else trying to create a new culture, which the players in general, it's just a new time as far as how they think about things. You know what I mean? As far as the money being made and just everything right now, everything is being scrutinized left and right. Nothing is left in house. So it's going to be an adjustment for Coach Belichick, too. KJ and Lions, WEEI, thank you so much for spending your Sunday with us. Yeah. High Law Tuesday and Thursdays are radio gold. I, they really are because... I look forward to it every week. Yeah, John, it's one of those situations where it's a player who can paint a picture in an industry where that's our job, right? There are guys who are in this industry who can't paint a picture, okay? But Ty does an exceptional job at that. And the way he painted the picture about what Belichick does next is very interesting. Can he go to a place where a culture is already established and they... They're like, look, we can get you to the Shula wins. We can get you right back to the playoffs. But you may not have a whole lot to say about the personnel. Or do you go to a place where you're not sniffing the playoffs for a few years and your age is is, is getting closer towards Marv Levy status, if you will, um, than your replacement in Gerard Mayo? Do you have the patience, but you'll have the control? What do you think? Because I think even Bob Kraft acknowledged in the, in the press conference, it's going to be tough to see Bill on an opposing sideline in a hoodie. So clearly he knows that Belichick is most likely going to be somewhere else. It's just a matter of where. Yeah, if I'm Bill, I'd be willing to go somewhere where I don't have as much control, but it's a better team. Because if I'm mm. Bill, I probably only want to coach two or three more years, get the Shula record, and, and you know try to win a Super Bowl. And if you think about the teams that would be realistically capable – of him doing that, if Dallas makes a change, if Buffalo well, go, makes a change. Let's go conference like, to conference. Sure, let's start sure. with the AFC, sure. where jobs are available or where it could pop up, and then we'll get to the NFC because I think it shows an interesting split of where Belichick is going to end up next, as if you heard the parody song. He's going to the NFC. He's going to the NFC. So the Chargers, they have the opening, but do you feel like Belichick is going to want to go to, to, to L.A. and coach that team? And deal with that ownership. So I think of the AFC teams with an opening right now, they have the best chance to win a Super Bowl in a bunch of games with him. So I, I do think the NFC is more likely, but I think of the AFC teams, the Chargers, I mean, think about it. They have, you know, a top six or seven quarterback in the NFL. They have, you know, some good offensive linemen, some good weapons there. I know Eckler's a free agent, and they have a great defensive roster. Now, the defense played poorly this past year, but I think when you look at the guys on that roster, there's a lot of great players on that defense that he can probably look at it and say, yeah, they didn't play well under Brandon Staley. I will get them to play great and we'll win a bunch of games. So I think there's a lot of pieces there. The issue is that traditionally the Chargers ownership has been known as cheap outside of their roster, right? They paid a bunch of money on their roster, but they've been known as will they pay Bill money that he's worth? Will they pay for some of the infrastructure around him? Because I actually think I could see the Chargers, to be honest with you, giving him personnel control too. Maybe they're desperate. Maybe they're like Tampa went with, with Brady. And it's basically, hey, come in. You are you know, you can run your offense. We'll figure it out. Do you want us to bring in Antonio Brown? That sounds good. Do you want us to bring in Gronk? Oh, sounds good. We'll bring him in. I could see the Chargers acting like that towards Belichick. What about Tennessee, who just got rid of Rabel? And part of the conversation I had to – I was uh, on ESPN in Lexington, Kentucky on Friday 
discussing the changes with Belichick and everything and so forth. And we got into the conversation about Frable because that's their team. What if Tennessee, who didn't necessarily want to give very Vrabel the control that he wanted to, is willing to give it to Belichick? I don't know if they – I don't think they would actually want Belichick because they think – but they fired Vrabel, who's a former Belichick player and I think coaches similar – to Belichick, obviously, with some differences. But they also, a couple of years ago, fired John Robinson, their GM, who came from New England. So I could see them not wanting anybody with New England ties and doing Unless something different. Now, they would they give time him- is the charm, right? Because if you, yeah, if you hide from New England, you say, what if we just go ahead and get the guy right. who's only available now? Nashville is a booming city. They're going to get by. He's going to be the star of that town. It, I mean, to see Belichick potentially like on a Wednesday night, Singing along with one of your favorite country artists, just you know, like that could potentially happen. But I'm with you. I don't know if he'd want to stick around for any type of yeah, rebuild. And that's something too. That team is they they need some real. But help. he could get to that conference. He could get to that division championship quicker than any of the other ones in the AFC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because if you're at the Chargers, you have to go through Mahomes and the Chiefs. So. And the yeah. crazy one that you're hearing about out of Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've talked to my buddy uh, Chris Mack at the 93.7, our sister station. Pittsburgh, where if if the Steelers lose, there's talk that not even so much that Tomlin may get fired, but Tomlin may walk away. Yeah, he's in the last year of his contract deal, and every year, every time he's renewed his contract, it never got down to the last year. Yeah. So if Tomlin is gone, does Belichick go to the Steelers? That would kind of check some boxes in that that's a you know, renowned franchise. He's a big historian of the game. I think he would like that. T.J. Watts, arguably the best defensive player in football. They have some nice pieces. But, again, they still have huge questions at the quarterback position. They, they have good receivers, but then they have questions on the offensive line. Like That's still, football-wise, not the best fit, but there are some other boxes that it checks. And so you're in, in a the- division with Joe Burrow healthy next year in the Bengals and the Ravens, too. So in the AFC, you say probably the best job that Belichick could take would be the Chargers. Or the Bills if it opens. Like if the Bills lose tomorrow? I don't think that opens. I don't think so either, but that's the one that's not open now in the AFC that if it became open, I think would be good. Okay, so let's go to the NFC. Seattle, they let Pete Carroll go. Do you think this is a situation that Belichick would be interested in? Uh, to a point, but I don't think he would get – he would not get full control there. Like, I think they, John Schneider's, like, the GM there, and they're going to – because Pete Carroll had a large voice. I think they might want to say, no, we're not going to do that. And they they didn't outright say this, but they kind of said this, like, they want a younger guy. Like, right. Pete Carroll was the oldest coach in the league. and I think that's why they keep him in-house. Yeah. To let him know that whoever's coming in is going to have to be addressed by Pete. Yeah, so I I think I don't think that's going to end up. And again, football wise, nice fit. I don't think that's a fit, age and and culture ish wise because I just think they want someone younger. Here's a place where he can have full control over personnel matters. Coach, write a blank check. You could bring the family; they can go as well. But you won't win for a while potentially in Carolina. But here's nope. here's a nugget that I believe the NFC South is so bad that you just don't necessarily know what will happen year to year. So if Belichick goes in there and let's say he could turn them around from a 2 and 15 team to a 7 let's say an 8 and 9 team, you're talking about like okay, you may be a game away from winning this division and then get to the playoffs and do your damage. Could he consider Carolina knowing he could get ultimate control? I don't think so because that owner has been so volatile, right? right? Like he hires Frank Reich and just hire, fires him midseason. But they're not and, Belichick. No, and I know that, but it's like I, I don't think you can trust that owner to have any sort of patience. Like I could even Belichick, I could see them going, you know, hovering around 500 late in the year next year. And if they miss the playoffs, Tepper fires him. Like, I think that's just such a, we even saw the video of Tepper throwing the drink at fans in Jacksonville. Mm. Like this is not a guy to me that I think of poise and patience. And that's what you would need there. We're onto another shirt. Uh, look, Atlanta has been brought up as Belichick going down to Georgia. Uh, He would probably be the biggest story next to Georgia football, maybe even bigger than Georgia football if he came there. It would probably be the biggest news since they lost in the Super Bowl to Belichick. Arthur Smith won't get in the way. Arthur Blank, I'm sorry, I get the Arthur's mixed. uh, Smith or Blank? Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank, yeah, the Home Depot guy. Yeah, yeah, he won't get in the way. He'll give Belichick full control. And to the argument that I made about Carolina, all you have to do is get to win that division, which isn't going to take a lot and then potentially do damage in the playoffs. 
Does he go to Atlanta potentially? I think Atlanta would actually be a really nice fit. Now they need they also are one that needs to figure out the quarterback position, but if you look at what they have, right? I think in yards per game they were like 12th or 13th on defense this year, so not bad and getting better and offensively Kyle Pitts, Drake London, Bijan Robinson, that's three legit weapons you can build around. And then on the offensive line, they have Chris Lindstrom, one of the better guards in the NFL. I think Jake but. Matthews is still there attack. But, oh, there's a lot of, like that to me, If the NFC South, like as you laid out, is a weaker division, especially right. if Baker Mayfield leaves Tampa, right? That's a weaker division. And there's another team with a top 10 pick. Can you figure out quarterback there? I think they could because that's a team, too, you can spend if you want to bring in a Russell Wilson or a Mayfield or a Kirk Cousins as a stopgap for a couple of years with Bill, or if you want to try to get a guy in the top 10, there's a lot there to build around in a weak division. I think they could win a lot of games with Belichick. All right, so so far Atlanta would be the best job in the NFC so far. Washington, uh, they've just hired their new GM, which makes me think that now Belichick would probably be out of the mix there. You yeah, think? he would not have full control there, and they right. – like the difference is like Atlanta has a question mark at quarterback, but they play in a weaker division and have a lot of other good pieces. Washington, their defense has a couple like Cameron Curls, a good player, but they're not of good defense. They have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, but not a good offense independent of the quarterback. And they're in a division with the Cowboys and the Eagles. It's the hot discussion in Philadelphia right now that if the Eagles lose Tuesday, I'm sorry, Monday night against the Bucks, Sirianni may be gone and there's a call for Belichick. Does Belichick go to Philadelphia if Sirianni's out of there? I would say the same thing about Philly and Dallas. If those jobs are open and they offer it to Bill, he should. Th- those should be the top of his list. That, I would that's think, where. I would think no because Matt Patricia is in the middle of their problems in Philadelphia right now, and Matt Patricia won't be relieved of his duties if yeah. Belichick comes. So that's why I don't think Belichick goes to Philly, which leads but to does, Dallas. Does Matt Patricia, and I have no fact-based knowledge of this, Maybe there's a bad taste in his mouth about how things went last year here. Maybe if Bill goes there, he doesn't want to stay. No, because Bill, you remember, Matt Patricia was still on the payroll for a little bit yeah, until he got spring. hired. Right. right, so Bill didn't fire him because of that performance as the offensive coordinator. So I think it's not so much that those two have an issue. I think the issue would be if Belichick comes and they keep Patricia, then they'll be like, no, because the Patricia Patricia's the reason why things are falling apart the way they did more so than on Sirianni. Sirianni, some bad decisions, putting Jalen Hurts in there. He gets hurt. A.J. Brown gets hurt in a game that became meaningless as Dallas was running up the score against Washington, which leads us to the Cowboys. Here's what I thought about a year and a half ago, that Mike McCarthy was on the hot seat then, around Thanksgiving, and that he would need to take over the play. He'd have to get rid of Kellen Moore so that way there wouldn't be an excuse. And when he took over the play calling, it was like, if he doesn't get it done, he's gone. If he doesn't get it done tomorrow, get it done this afternoon, I think he's gone, and I think Belichick is there. And I would also add, if he even wins today but loses next weekend, especially if it's some sort of coaching clock-type mistake like they've had in the past, mm. I think he could still be gone. And Bel- Like, to me, that is the number one, and I feel like, KJ, I'm going to like hurt my arm, pat myself on the back here, because I've been saying this Don't for do like, that in this industry, for because like I'll be the first months. one to say I was wrong about yeah. Belichick staying another year. No. Look, you get him wrong, you get no, him right. I'm just I'm teasing. But like yeah. I felt for a long time that that would be an awesome fit for Belichick. You have, like for example, like first of all, you have a great quarterback, great offensive line, legit weapons led by CeeDee Lamb and Tony Pollard. And by the way, Brandon Cooks, who went to a Super Bowl with Belichick as coach, can kind of vouch for him there. Then defense, Micah Parsons, arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, really good defense overall. I mean, to me, that that is a situation that would be perfect for Belichick to, at a minimum, get to the NFC Championship game, maybe even break the wins record in one year and get to a Super Bowl and win it. All right, KJ and Lions, we're taking your calls next. 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Still to come this hour, the Lions Den, but right now it's time to trend with John Lyons. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. KJ Carson and John Lyons right now on WEEI. To the media, for you guys, I don't know that anybody's gotten more coverage than uh, than I have or we have in the past 24 years. Um, you know, meet with you guys a lot. Respect what you do. Um, you know, you're a voice to the fans, and uh, you know we don't always see eye to eye all the time. Most of the time, but not all the time. Uh, I do respect what you do, and and. Uh, and finally, to the fans, um, you know, the fans here are amazing. Um, you know, there's so many memories of the fans, the, the send-offs, um, the parades, um, the Sundays, you know, whatever the, whatever the situations are, um, the letters of support, uh, the, you know, seeing the fans, you know, away from here, you know, at a gas station or a grocery store, or, you know, where you bump into them, uh, Patriot fans here, and not just in New England, but uh, they extend nationally and even internationally uh, as I've traveled. Uh, it's amazing how far the, the arm reaches. We saw that this year in, in Germany. So, KJ and Lions, WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. That's Bill sending his... I mean, think about it. The Patriots became an international team as the head coach. I know there's going to be an argument that Brady's the reason why, but he was the head coach during all that time. And that is his way of sending off his best wishes to the fans. Yeah, and I thought it was a really nice moment. And I found it really interesting. You know, he thanked the media, of course, and the assistant coaches and the players. But the one time he really seemed to get a little choked up was when he talked about the fans. I thought that was a nice moment there. And and I know we've talked about the, you know, the Wickersham article and some of maybe the behind the scenes backbiting that might go on. And it might go on for a little bit more. But just that moment for Belichick, I thought that was the best possible way for him to say goodbye. That statement there and the way he conducted himself and in a very difficult moment, I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I'm I'm just kind of baffled of just kind of how short Kurt the entire situation seemed to be. I think with all the, I mean, there are more memories that you can forget than remember. Like I'm one of those who loved, I remember my reaction to the fourth and two call from what, the 20 against, against the 2009 against against the Colts. But I also remember the goal line stand and how the network was ready to switch off of the game, but they couldn't believe what they were seeing. So it, it, it there there's so many things that deserved more than what was pretty much a 20-minute junket. Yeah, and I wonder, though, if they wanted it that way. Because they said, it said before they're not going to be taking any questions. They should have so, allowed questions to be well, answered. You know, and and maybe, but you know what? Maybe Bill said, you know what? My last time here, I'm saying bye. I don't want to take questions because Kraft did come out later at yeah. 2 p.m. and took questions. So maybe that was he just wanted to read a statement and and, and go. And I thought it was a nice statement. And I, I was, you know, I, I I was a little surprised how short it was. But maybe that's the way he wanted. Maybe that was what he felt. He just wanted to say now, and he didn't want to make it a huge long production. You know, I joked that the reason why that Bob Kraft came back at two to do the press conferences, he wanted to remind everyone who was the employer and who was the employee. Yeah, <laughs> like it's—I mean, they do that in jobs, you know. Like to be like, hey, you know, here's your basket. Thank you for all your service. Uh, 
we can make this real easy and not have to call anybody to escort you down, or we can trust you to go down the elevator without busting buttons, right? And then you have the meeting in front of everybody else to let them know what is going on and so forth. I, I am a bit concerned of some of the narratives that have come out since Bill has been gone, and I don't know if it's some under-the-bridge way to try and get control of a narrative that just the same way that Tom was out, now Bill is out, and all this time we thought that Brady was gone because of Bill, and if Bill goes on to succeed, does it then point the you know the, the spinning arrow to craft? I, I just wonder about why these negative stories, uh, the Jeff Howe story, he's with the Atlantic, and I would say, the Times needs a lot of clicks there in New York, and I get it, but it just seems like, okay, are we ready to dance on the guy's grave less than a week later unless we're not trying to push some type of narrative that's going to be beneficial to others? Yeah, and I don't. this doesn't rise to the level of what happened with the Red Sox and Francona in 2011 with that story right. from Bob Holler. But, uh, and, and I'm not even that surprised. Like, there's a little bit here. Like, Bill won side the of the Francona story. But even the Francona thing was were, a kind of an in-season situation. Right. I, I don't. Yeah. I think this is, it doesn't rise to that level yet. But if it continues, could it get to that level? I, I think that's possible. Well, but doesn't it kind of usurp what you're trying to accomplish with Gerard Mayo, like this clean slate? And it seems like the first attempted mud before everything rolled out was thrown at Gerard Mayo. And then you started hearing the stuff about Bill O'Brien and potentially his issues with some of the other assistant coaches. It, so it, it's almost kind of like, who wins? I always say when people have negative things to say about others, who wins when reporting that? Who 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 wins out of it? Because clearly Gerard Mayo is not going to be the winner out of it if all these stories about Belichick are pushed and people want to follow up. Is it true? Is this what you experienced? What happens if Max stays? Is that a statement about what was going on with Belichick? Does that, does that put more credence to it? So I would just hope to see that there is an attempt for Gerard Mayo to be able to get just an absolute clean slate. Yeah, and I that's why Gerard Mayo is going to be introduced on January 17th in a press conference. Do the stories stop after that? Like, I'm kind of watching that. Like, are they going to be this week before he's, you know, officially introduced and all that? And then do they just stop? Because you're right. If they continue and then he's having a press conference at the draft and most of the questions are about, well, did Bill do X, Y, and Z? Did yeah. Mr. Kraft do X, Y, and Z? Did Jonathan Kraft do X, Y, and Z? Like, that only takes away from what he's how trying much, to how do. How much say do you really have? Yeah, exactly. So that's why I'm really watching this January 17th date. Do the story stop then? Because, look, I think anytime you have a partnership like this that ends, there's going to be some stories, and it might go on for a little bit, but it's does it end when the new guy is fully officially introduced? If it does, should- fine, whatever, but... If it doesn't, then that creates a problem for the new guy. They should have done the press conference tomorrow on Dr. King Day. Just make a little more cushion. You know, ask the wrong question on seemingly the wrong day. You know, you, you kind of put that mirror back to me. Like, but again, you're right. What happens if a good bevy of the questions to Mayo is about stuff in the rearview mirror and not what your vision is through the through the windshield? And and that's why I wonder where the mudslinging came back about him being difficult to deal with. Was someone trying to leak the balloon that Mayo was going to be the next guy? And whoever did that, is that potentially a person who's on their way out? And I think, If it is, don't let it hit you in your ass on the way out. Yeah, and sorry to cut you off, KJ. And I think no, the fine. another piece of this, and, and I'm not saying this is the case, but it's something to monitor. Is that true? Like, mm. it was Mayo difficult to deal with. Could he be difficult to deal Because Belichick was difficult to deal with, but you won six Super Bowls, so it was fine. But is that true about Mayo? Was there a change in his demeanor after he got that contract extension with the successor clause in? Or not, right? But I think that's something that is at least worth monitoring going forward. I lean towards it probably wasn't really that true. Like, mm. maybe maybe he looked at the offense and said, like, man, these guys really suck and they're making my job hard. And that then someone's like, oh, he's difficult to deal with. Like, no, maybe you guys really did suck. Like, so, right. If but, you're 4-13, what do right, you exactly, what are the conversations? Right. So, but I think it is maybe something worth monitoring. But And that's also, and I thought Mayo made a good point when he addressed this. He said, you know, sometimes in leadership, you're going to rub people the wrong way. Because if everyone's your buddy when you're a leader, you're probably not going to be that successful. Sometimes you have to make decisions that will frustrate people or upset them or anger them. Like, sometimes that's going to happen. So if that's what it was, then I'm fine with it. If he really did change after – and we'll know that pretty quickly. 
right? Because if, if things get worse this coming year, then okay, then I think we'll know that. But I, I lean more towards he probably aggravated one or two people, and that's where it came from. KJ and Lions on WEEI, 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. We're about 15 minutes away from the Lions' den. I, what I do like about this Gerard Mayo hire, and this is just coming from like a crafts perspective, you now get 100% control back over your team. Yeah. And I think that's just what they've been waiting for for the right time. And and this is what makes it very fascinating about Belichick giving those comments right after the Jets game, saying, A, I'm still under contract, so that's his way of saying, yeah, my contract isn't up, so there goes the story about him having a couple of years and still at least had at least had one more year on his contract. And two, making a statement that he would be willing to give up some of the play you know, some of the um the pers- personnel duties. Yeah. And that's a statement, that's a forward statement that you usually wouldn't get about Belichick even out, you know, beyond an opponent, you know, like, hey, Devontae Adams is a very great player, but he's not going to get into saying, like, I'm thinking about giving up some of this play calling issues over to so-and-so this week. He wouldn't say anything like that. So by him making that statement, it was one of the rare times you got a forward statement from Belichick. But I think also it was his salvo to say, I want to stay. I'll stay for one more year. I'll give up the control on personnel. If, if Jonathan Kraft wants to lead that GM room like Jerry Jones does down in Dallas, I would be okay with that. Or do you think that's where things went south? Yeah, and I noticed the contract thing the most because in yeah. 24 years of being here, that's the first time I have ever heard Belichick directly reference his contract or right. its length. Because even when he's been asked in the past, he says, I don't talk about my contract. I don't talk about – and he's only been asked a handful of times, but he was pretty firm about it, and he never yeah. did discuss – even today – we think he made $25 million. We don't even really know how much he made when he was here. We know right. he was the highest pay coach. We don't know the exact number. So for him to come out and say, I am under contract, I was like, whoa, okay, he wants. That's throwing the legalese in the face. Well, to me, that was him saying either I'm staying or you got to fire my ass, right? Like mm. that was, to me, that's what that message was. And then the part about, hey, we'll work you know, together to do what's best for the team. I do think that was him saying, hey, maybe I'll give up personnel control. But at the same time, he wasn't flat out saying, I will give up personnel control. He's given himself a little bit of leverage there because maybe if the Kraft said, we want you to give up personnel control and we want Jonathan Kraft to be in charge, he would say, no, but uh, you can hire GM A, B, or C, and I'll accept those. So I think that was leaving himself a little bit of leverage, and I think ultimately the Krafts just said, we, we don't want it either way. Yeah, that's what I was kind of hoping for, right? Because if you bring in that person who's doing the personnel – then Bill is going to have to acquiesce to the personnel that is drafted, especially in this draft. If Bill couldn't put it together or get these guys together, you would say, okay, now we've got a coaching issue, right? And I th- and I think that's what Bill was holding on to. Hey, at the end of the day, for what I do as a coach, it did not suffer, and that's the defense. And think about the the, the defensive players that missed. Christian Gonzalez what, missed, what, 12 games? Right. Judon was gone for about 10 games, 12 games. Uh, yeah, they got injured in the same game against Dallas. Right, they, yeah. right. so they, they've been out for three quarters of the season. You've had other guys really pop. Barmore has popped. Duggar, you really have to make a case for keeping him. So you had these pieces that have still worked on his side of the ball and talking about a year after your defensive leader leaves, right? So these guys have come together on the defensive side of the ball, and I think that was a part of leverage that he had. But again, as you said, and this is where I think that maybe – the Kraft family as a decision. Because remember, in the conference, a press conference, Robert Kraft used the word the asset, right? So when you're using that term, the asset, when you're talking about the team, this is kind of a correlated decision, not just by one, but by a few. Because if it's an asset, then no one person is just going to, they can make the final decision, but there's a correlation of conversation. And I think part of that conversation was Bill has to go now. And there might've been a thought as well that, Maybe it gets another year. Alex in Cambridge, thanks for calling KJ and Lions. You're on the air. Yeah, I mean, Bill had to go now. I mean, the contract for uh, Mayo was a couple of years ago, and uh, everybody basically knew that uh, Belichick was leaving this year after hearing Mayo's contract. It's just like Brady uh, the last two years. He was saying that the last two years he was gone. We were left the last two years with Belichick, even though nobody said he was gone, uh, Kraft does not want to look 
bad a second time by letting Belichick go. So they're trying to blame it all on him. All right. So Kraft was the one who's been controlling the coaching staff. He forced Belichick to uh, draft Mayo, not Mayo, uh, to draft uh, Mac Jones. And who knows? Kraft and Jonathan Kraft were tired of Belichick. Alex, thanks for the call. Yeah, I I do wonder where the Mac Jones because let's just say well, Mac I also Jones, don't think I think that's a little strong to say they forced him to draft Mac Jones. No, I, I think, think I happened. think Mac Jones was their choice. I think he's kind of leaning towards the Jeff Howe story that that's what management wanted, and allegedly Belichick was willing to wait to the third round for Davis Mills. Yeah. I'm thinking like, okay, Davis Mills doesn't exactly make this story seem even sexier, you know? Like, hmm, yeah, that, I don't think so, but I I do believe that the Crafts felt it very important to start identifying who was going to be the next face of the franchise, and that's usually a quarterback, and Mac Jones fit the bill, right? Like, he fit the sure. bill. And let's just say that Mac Jones goes 10-6 and six that first year. He goes 10-6 and six that first year when it's still 16 games. Let's say they go 9-7 and seven last year and just missed the playoffs, or 9-8 and eight and just missed the playoffs last year. And let's say they go 9-8 and eight again this year and just missed the playoffs. Are we talking about Bill Belichick out of a job? No. Like, if they were good... And I think that's, and again, not to state the obvious, but if they had been good this year or if things had worked out according to his plan, he'd still be here. But and I also the, think, like, well, the caller mentioned something about, like, did they not like him or want him around anymore? Like, there is a part of me that wonders if they finally got fed up with maybe Bill's attitude towards them or his personality at times. Because you wonder if, like, or Bill... Or the clash with the quarterback? Like, if Bill had been buddy-buddy, though, to the owners over the long term, maybe they would have been more likely to give him one more year. And I'm not saying that's definitely why or that's the driving force, but I think, again, part of Bill's being cold and calculated is why they won six Super Bowls. But I also think maybe if he had been a little bit more buddy-buddy with them, maybe they would have felt a little bit better about trying to give him one more year or work something out for next year. So where I gave that example of, let's say, they went 9-8 and these last two seasons versus what you've seen. It would still fall under Robert Kraft saying, hey, we've missed the playoffs, right? That was the statement. We haven't been to the playoffs in three years, and when we've gone, we haven't done well. So he's talking about the one year that Mac Jones went to the playoffs that first year, but it was an absolute just destruction and haven't been since. So wouldn't it be just as bad if this team was like on the cusp? Wouldn't there not be some type of feeling like, okay, maybe it's time to get somebody to get us over the hump? Like, this may be the time where you don't make the playoffs, but you have a better record. He has the record, but Gerard Mayo may not get his deal honored if the team is right on the cusp of being a playoff team. Yeah, I think in some situations that would be the case, but I think for him, like, if they had gone 9-8 and eight this year, even if they had missed the playoffs, I think he'd still be back as a no-brainer at head coach. Because then he could even say, hey, we went 9-8 and eight and we had these injuries, blah, blah, blah. Mac is not the guy, and I still won nine games. Right? Like right. I think he could have a lot more in his holster to go to that meeting with them and say, but when you win, like four wins is four wins. Like it, right. It's tough to, to get around that. Whereas if you win nine, you can do a lot of spinning there and a lot of justification. And I'm not saying it wouldn't be fact-based, but you can say a lot there in your own defense. Whereas when you win four, eh, not nearly as much to say in your own defense. Yeah, I, I, I'm just trying to do the math in my head that if the last two seasons was an 18-game win season versus, what, 12? Yeah. 12? So but that would put Belichick about seven or eight games away from Shula's record. Yeah. One season essentially away. Right, but do you say, okay, do we potentially have a guy that suddenly has a 7-10 and 10 team and a fourth-year quarterback who we've got to think about, do we pick up their option? Because keep in mind, six months ago the co- the conversation was, this is the season that will determine if Mac Jones oh, gets yeah. his option. We had that conversation. Right. Yeah, 100%. So nobody's had that conversation in two months. Yeah. But here we are. Mac Jones is still on the roster. There's a chance now, I believe, he's still going to be on this roster when you get to next season because the draft will tell you a lot, obviously. right? It's going to tell you like if the pick is a quarterback, then clearly the beginning, the papers for Mac Jones to be out of here are being drawn up. But if it isn't a quarterback, or as you mentioned a break or two ago, that if Caleb Williams doesn't, because he doesn't like how things play out, like he may not like that Washington, that, that either Chicago would try to take him or even come to New England. That might be a, maybe that's why he makes that statement. Well, a team I want to go to, I want to potentially have ownership stake in there as well. 
That's to put a pin in a cushion to get some people mad. Like, you know there's no way he's going to have that in New England, but you might be saying that saying, I don't want to go to New England. Right. And New England needs a quarterback. So if he takes himself off the board, and people have joked, look, that NIL money, Reggie Bush is like, damn, I would really be working at Wendy's back then compared to what's happening right now. That, look, if money's the issue and you kind of know you can skate with your coach Lincoln Riley there in, in USC – you, I mean, you may play half the season's games and just say, you know what, USC's bad. I'll sit out a couple of games. No big deal. It's called rest and relaxation. I can do that. So it's going to be very interesting here over the next few weeks. And I think one of those questions is going to be on the 17th to Gerard Mayo is, does Mac Jones still have a future here as the quarterback of the New England Patriots? Yeah, and I think it's something that he needs to have either have an answer for already or have an answer really quickly because free agency is going to come around the corner and then the draft. And again, what he thinks offensively is going to determine their entire offseason. Does he think they just need better players on offense? Does he think they need a new system? Does he think they screwed up Mac Jones? Does he think Mac Jones is not good? Like we know Mayo is solid on defense. We kind of know what he thinks there. We don't know what he thinks about their offense and his offensive philosophy. And that's something that he should be asked about a lot at his press conference, and I hope he has some real answers ready. Next on KJ and Lions, my favorite segment of our show, hard like a lion, soft like a pussycat. The Lions Den next here on WE. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours... The energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're back to KJ and Lions on WEI. Yeah. KJ and Lions. WEI. Thank you for spending the last three hours, 48 minutes, whether it's been for five minutes or for all three hours. God bless you if that's the case. Missed any of the show? The Odyssey app is free. Type in WEEI 93.7, brings you right here. You can play it back in chapters. John, I, I, I'm I my mouth is now starting, as you could see. I'm sorry, I'm sitting right across. I've got white corners on the edges because I am so hungry. I've not eaten anything since breakfast this morning. And this is thrown off my schedule of eating food for, for, for football Sundays. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm starving. <sighs> see, too, I... I well, I don't want to make that joke because that would be insensitive. Uh, 37937. <laughs> uh, Nico, what do you have on the text line? Okay, so earlier you guys were talking about the game last night being on Peacock, no. and someone <laughs> did mention that there was a free trial. So you know what spooks me about that, John, is for those who have an iPhone may remember one day suddenly iTunes, you had the U2 album in your phone, and people didn't know how to get it off of their phone. Yep. What if, like, today is the new billing cycle for Peacock? Right. So it's a free trial <laughs> until midnight. And then- right, right. So let's say, you know, you, you thought you got a free trial, but you're you're about to be billed Tuesday morning, and your free trial is over, and they'll refund you next month. Now, I don't know if this is going on. That's why I say, look, if you're diligent enough, there's always a way to find a way to do anything. You think I got to WEEI by just sitting on the corner? Actually, that's what worked. Please get off of the pike, sir. We'll talk to you for a second. No. But look, there's a will, there's a way. And I'm not going to say what that way is, but like that's the thing about people screaming about it. If you want to see it bad enough, cool. If you didn't want to pay, did the game not run here on the radio station last night? Right. You can hear it. <laughs> Right here. You can, you can hear it. Again. I still right. think it's wrong, like putting it on Peacock, but there it's are the ways future. around it. Because it, here's the thing. This also started when people decided to pay for, uh, what is it, Sunday ticket. 
right? When people said, I'm going to buy Sunday ticket and pay to watch games outside my market, they were like, aha, you're willing to pay for games. Because I thought what what may be coming down the pike is going to be pay-per-view type games. If there's going to be a marquee game, forget the Sunday 4 o'clock window. If you want to see Dallas, San Francisco bad enough and you're not in San Francisco or Dallas, you willing to pay two ninety five to peek in and see that game uninterrupted? No, and like, I'm sure they'll get a decent amount of people to pay for it. I just think it's wrong. It's greedy. Nimbleus, like I know why they're doing cloud. it. I get it. I know why they're doing it. I just how like how it. funny is that that I'm siding with the younger folks on this one, right? Like yeah. I'm like I get it. But I'm a man of the people. A, that's all I can say. I'm a man of the people too, and I'm just saying there's a way to yeah. really show that the emperor has no clothes if you want to, because they'll tell you, hey, this is how many people. You downloaded the app and watched the game. And then this is the real number of people who watched the game, and that would be a much huger number. Next text, Nico. Our next texter says that quarterbacks in this year's draft will be as good as C.J. Stroud. Yeah. I think you, I think the, the, the Patriots can't miss, man. They can't miss on a quarterback this time. Yeah, whoever it is, they got to get it right. And I know that's stating the obvious, but you've gotten one first-round quarterback wrong in the, this decade. If you get a second one wrong this decade, we're looking at you're not going to be really good until maybe the end of this decade at best and maybe the 2030s. And here's the blessing in all this for the Patriots fans. We really think at it. Think about it. You're not in this quandary like the Giants are where, hey, the quarterback flashed in a particular year and then you had no choice but to go with them. And now you forget that the guy's even on the team and how do you move them right. and move them? And, you, and you've committed all that money. So that hasn't happened. So, and it's only been three years. Right? So that's the other part. Most teams, when they have a failed quarterback, there's still more failure to because there's somebody in there who's failing some more. Then they probably try and go the route of the, you know, the, the veteran journeyman guy. Or that's why when people say, oh man, try and get Baker Mayfield. I'm like, no, try and get a fresh start. All right, Nico, one more. Then we'll get to Lions, Dan. And our last texter here says, please stop talking about Caleb Williams going to New England in any fashion. The guy's a wuss. That's why Caleb Williams is probably tossing around the idea of going back to college. He don't want to be here either. Yeah. I, I, and that look, I don't think he's actually going to follow through with it. But if he does, man, that is going to really mess up the top of the draft for a lot of teams, including the Patriots. Mm. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. KJ and Lions. Here until 4.15, getting you ready for kickoff for the Packers and the Cowboys. But right now, it's time for... Yeah. See the one about Lions? Yeah, yeah. lose to this side after. King of the jump. All right, John, I love this segment because you can be as brutal as the rulers of Rome... Or as gentle as Forrest Gump. Here we go. First one. Will Bill Belichick roar at his next destination? Yes, 100%. I think no matter where he goes, he will. But I think if he goes to some of the good ones we talked about, he really will. Yeah, keep an eye because we've been jokingly calling this uh, this Packers. I'm so used to saying the Patriots playing a playoff game today. Packers-Cowboys game could be the Belichick Bowl. So I agree with you. Bill roars wherever he goes. Even if he goes to somewhere like Carolina, if he can get them to eight wins, now you're talking about a team that's potentially a game out or maybe a game ahead to win that division. And then tell me that Belichick gets into the playoffs and has to win three games to get to a Super Bowl. I like those chances. All right, John, will Jared Goff roar tonight in the Lions' first home playoff game in over 30 years when I had an antenna on my television and had free games? Yes, I think he will, but I don't think it's going to be a huge roar. I think it's going to be a little bit of a quieter roar, but he will. Yeah, I think the Jared Goff that can be the game manager will allow him to roar, so I agree in that regard that Jared Goff would roar, but in kind of like in a contained environment. Remember, no animals were hurt during the process of the Lions' den. And finally, will the Eagles soar against the Bucks tomorrow night? Nah, I think they win, but I think they play bad and then they lose next week, so no. I think I'm with you there. I think they meow only because they're already meowing their way into the playoffs. Yeah, so, it's kind of what they've been doing for two months. So John says Belichick roars at his next destination. Jared Goff roars, but like in a zoo-like contained situation, 
against in their first playoff game tonight against the Rams. And the Eagles will meow their way, but still win against the Bucks tomorrow night. All right. Bonus segment. KJ and Lions next here on WEEI. Good Sunday to you. There for you at the end. What what happened that caused you to get those those two tactical fouls? Uh, you know, didn't appreciate or like the uh, you know the no call on those last two drives. I mean, I'm a very self aware person. I understand the time and score. Game was you know we was, game was pretty much over. Uh, and you know just had to stand up for myself. Uh, said my piece, got ejected, and you know that was it. KJ and Lions, W-E-E-I. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Remember, Packers-Cowboys here in about 15 minutes. Kickoff at 4.30. Coverage starts at 4.15 on W-E-E-I. John, it's Jason Tatum. Pretty admitting, kind of admitting a little bit, like, how the game was out of hand. Like, what? I mean, what's a, what's a couple of technicals at this point? I get to have the Gatorade sit in the back. Yeah, and, and look, I don't love it when anyone gets ejected, but he's usually... Pretty even keeled. We don't see him pick up a lot of technical fouls. We don't see him get ejected often. So once in a while, I can look the other way and be fine. Like, I, I'm okay with it. But don't love it when anyone gets ejected. Especially, and, and even, the, like, yeah, I'm self-aware. I knew the game was out of reach. Like, okay, maybe that is true, but I still, I'd prefer you didn't look at it that way. Maybe a little <laughs> But bit. he's being honest. No, right? I appreciate the honesty. It's right? just, you know. What if this is the one time you get ejected and your opponent comes back? Like, and I get it. I know maybe it's silly. <laughs> maybe I'm overreacting. To no, no, maybe I'm overreacting. And, and look, <laughs> yeah. he's a guy too. Like I said, he's a pretty even keeled guy. Like out there when it comes to with a fit. Like, because what have we said for years? Like, oh, he complains, he complains, he complains, and he used to have a big problem with that. I think when he was younger, but he never did anything to the point to get kicked out or to get fined or anything like that. So it's something that if he does it like this once in a while, you know, I can I can live with it. Look. The game was never in the balance. There was never any. There was never any thought that maybe after the first quarter you're like, "Hey, Houston's hanging in there." Yeah, I hear that hanging in there. Yeah, how about the third quarter? The Celtics finally having a good third quarter. Which remember around Christmas time, that two week span, they had the winning streak after the Golden State game where they whacked San Francisco, blew out the Clippers, beat the Lakers, had those comeback wins at Christmas week too against the Pistons and the Raptors. They're playing really well in the third quarter. Then they it's get away Houston. from it and lost a couple games. Now, once again, they have a it's it's not a huge mystery here. Whenever they have good third quarters, they pretty much win. And that would have been a perfect time to go ahead and get that T. I mean, look, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but like, what if it was in a crucial game? Like, if he had cured technicals like the way that Draymond Green puts his team in jeopardy right. from the actions of getting technicals, and then you get one more, you're like, wait a minute, we're in the playoffs now. Like, you can't get a tech. That's not what we're talking about here. I think it's one of those situations where you got to be able to show and pick and choose your battles. I think Tatum picked and choose, chose his battle as best as he could. You know, I, I, that's the other part. Plus, the return of M.A., and there were some interesting comments that M.A. Adoka made. One of the reporters, and I don't know who it was in the pool, but had asked about the reports last year that players were frustrated that they weren't able to talk to M.A. during the course of everything that was going on, and M.A. straight out told them, they lied to you. They had access to me. Do you think there is something being said right there by M.A. as a shot back to the media here? I think Udoka probably on some level feels like he should still be the coach of the Boston Celtics. So I think there's probably some anger there. And I also think, too, like maybe that he was angry that that was reported last year. But also, if I'm one of the players and a media member says, hey, have you talked to Udoka while he's suspended? I'd probably lie and say no. Because yeah. what do you, what is the, imagine the can of worms that opens up like, oh, did he tell you why he's suspended? Did he tell you when he's going to come back? Did he tell you his thoughts on what Joe Missoula is doing? Did he tell you X, Y, Z? Like the can you of worms. how media works. Here. Like that's one of those things that, you know, I'm, I'm an honest person. I hate liars. That's one thing where it's probably a smart idea to lie about, at least in the moment. Well, I think the other part of it is is you have to give hats off to M.A. Adoka, what he's done with this Houston team, their 500 team. Yeah. I don't even think they, they, they haven't sniffed 500 probably since they were last year when they might have been 2-1 and one at the start of the season. 
And now, so clearly you knew this wasn't going to be a competitive game, but I do like that things were, and probably because, think about it, if Belichick wasn't the lead story, how big the return of M.A. and all the other things that would be brought up in the in the hypotheticals, that there would have been a lot of attention pushed that way, but because of the element, because of the removal of Bill Belichick and the stories of Gerard Mayo uh, about to be named the head coach and everything, it took the, like you almost forgot, you're like, oh yeah, that's right, M.A.'s in town for the first time since last year, and last year at this time, that was the story of stories. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we talked for four hours today about the Patriots and Belichick, and if he was still the head coach and they had made a change, we probably would have spent an hour or two talking about Udoka and the Celtics last night and him coming back and what could have been and where Joe Mazzulla's at in comparison. It's just could have tried to make a phone call to see if we get Neil Long on the show. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, I don't you didn't you know her as a kid too? I mean, no, I, I would only no, imagine. No, but a really imagine. good friend of mine grew up with her. So see, it would have there, been a one person call. You're right like here in Boston. six degrees of KJ, I feel like with everything. Yeah, the Kevin Bacon celebrity. thing is overrated. It's me. Yeah, it's six degrees of KJ. And look, I think until the Celtics win a championship with this group if they do which I think they will but until they do that Udoka things it's not I don't want to say it's hanging over them but it's kind of lingering in the background a little because the one time this group got to the finals he was the head coach and he helped push him there so again I don't think it's hanging over him I don't think it's weighing them down but until they win a championship or at the very least get back to the finals without him that's kind of lingering in the background and it will for a while much like Bill Belichick's presence is going to linger over the Patriots until they're good again. Well, you're spot on about, like, where does the team finish, right? Because it feels like there is a fence around Joe Mazzulla that didn't exist around Emi Adoka. When Emi Adoka was hired, it, you choose your assistants. Brad still had – there's some leftovers from Brad. You know, I like Mazzulla, keep him. But then when Mazzulla's made the coach permanently this year, you've got a couple of assistants that were up for head coaching jobs – so it's almost kind of like you feel like someone has just installed a break glass in case of emergency. Now, there's no emergency, but like you said, get to the playoffs, and if anything falls short of Emi Adoka getting him to the NBA Finals in his first year and knowing that the players are still very close to him, what does that do for the Joe Mazzulla narrative moving forward with this being the impressive move, the most impressive move I think that the Celtics have made in free agency to build around their two superstars since the two superstars were budding. I thought that Gordon Hayward, that move was kind of a, a duplication and that I think it stunted Jalen Jalen Brown's growth a little bit. I think the Kyrie Irving one was a smart one at the time because you didn't know the health of Isaiah Thomas as much as you loved him. It was a great deal, but it ended up being sour and a distraction. So after all of that, you still have Brown here. You still have Tatum here. You were able to get Przingis, who knows what it's like to be that that top of the line superstar and the heavy press that he got in New York, most of it not great. So he knows what it's like to be bombarded. Drew Holiday has won himself an NBA title that wasn't existing on the team before in terms of the building. So you had well Kyrie, yes, but you know, but Drew Holiday more recently and more effectively. So and again, in a role that I think they want him for, right? Would not with a LeBron asterisk next yeah. to it, right? So again, this team has to. I'd say not only get to the NBA Finals, but if they lose it, it has to be in a sixth or seventh game. It cannot be a five-game situation and they're out. It can't be losing a couple of games at home. It can't be losing the first games at home, like because that's the other thing with what's going on in the West. And we talked about this a few weeks ago. Like, hey, Oklahoma City may be the pitcher of the Celtics in two years, but really ready now. And look what the narrative is out the out in the West. Oklahoma City is the real deal. I thought, like, as things would settle, maybe they'd be the fourth best team, and that would get them, like, you know, some maybe SGA could be uh, MVP of the league if they. I he might be MVP of the league. Yeah, and I think if you're the Celtics, if you if you're healthy, and you don't win the championship this year, I think it's a disappointment. And I'm not saying to blow it up or bury them all, but. I mean, if you look at the talent they have here and the experience they have here, if you're fully healthy and you don't win, it's a disappointment. And if you don't make it to the NBA Finals, and, and it's and, and on the surface, right, it's a little unfair to Joe Missoula, right? You don't make the NBA Finals, they make a but change. But if you don't make the NBA Finals, I think they make a change, and I think there's justification with this roster and with the quality of assistance you have behind him. So, and I think that's just one of those things with Udoka coming back to town, people look at, well, the one time this group got to the NBA Finals, 
it felt like Udoka was a driving force behind that, and they fully bought into him on the defensive end and what he wanted to do the second half of that 2022 season. It helped propel them into the finals. Like it felt like he was such a and he was such a departure from Brad Stevens, just personality wise. Not right. not saying you know. But the players, and O's, I think, but, asked, I think the players that asked for that because they sure. started to check out on Brad. Yeah, and but he was such a departure. Now Missoula is, I think, kind of in between the two. Right, he's got a little bit of that Stevens in him, work for Stevens, but he was with Udoka right. and his own personality. I feel like he leans a little bit more towards. Udoka, maybe he doesn't, you know, bark at guys much like as much as Udoka did, but I think right. he's got that dog in him a little bit. So I, I think if if you don't win this year and if you don't make the finals, I mean, if I'm Brad Stevens and Wick Rousebeck, I'm looking at Sam Cassell on the bench. I'm looking at Charles Lee on the bench, and maybe I. And that's just one of those things where they're right. so great now, and I think Missoula is doing a great job. But with Udoka back in town, that's what kind of comes to mind too. I think even if Stoudemire didn't take the job at Georgia Tech. Right, that Stoudemire is still yeah. here, and that's it's either Cassell or Smith, but not both. Right, maybe it's Cassell, and and maybe you still have you know Van Gundy as the consultant. And that's another name there. Right. I, I didn't even mention him. Van Gundy. Speaking of lingering in the background, right. Van right. Gundy's up on the perch watching practice too. And and again, I think Joe Mazzulla has done a great job this year. I think he's improved since last year. But it's just when you have a roster this talented. That is the name. I mean, look at Mike Budenholzer. He won a championship with the Bucks. They underachieved for a couple of years, and they fired him. Like, that's the nature of the pressure when your roster is this good. Well, the other part of it is Joe Mazzulla technically is, is, in, is in his first year as the head coach, technically. But this is his second year as the head coach, right? Because Last year's the every, interim for most right, of the last, year. Yeah. Right, most of the year. And the MA situation happened virtually at the very beginning. Yeah. So there was the stress on Mazzulla of like, okay, don't drop the. I, I'm going to use the words that I can't use. Well, I, well, I'm going to use the words I can't use, but don't drop the ball, right? Yeah. Didn't do that because that was all his expected. It's like, hey, look, we can't expect him to get to the same place that he did last year. But then as the season went on, it's kind of like, okay, this is a mandate. You got to get back because who you went out to and how you went out to him. So, so now it feels like Missoula's in his third year of coaching. Does it feels like that to me? Like because he's had. Two, he's been in. He's been on that bench for two postseason, two straight. Was in charge of one, even though he wasn't. You know, Bob Bound was, and now he's in charge of it. And the mandate is you got to get to the NBA Finals. It, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. And it's the first year where it's fully his program. Because right. you're right. I mean, he came into an Udoka program two, you know, week before a training camp, and he took over. And now, you know, Marcus Smart's not here anymore, and you have Porzingis, you have Holiday, and he had a full off season to be the coach and evaluate the players, evaluate himself, change things, keep things. This is the first year where it's not just his first full year as not interim coach, but it's his first full year of it being his program. All right, KJ and Lions on WEEI. Remember coming up at 4.30, the kickoff, Packers, Cowboys. I, I just find it so tempting. This I wonder if the conversation shows up in the game, especially if Dallas finds themselves down or potentially on the verge of losing. Do you mention Belichick's name on the broadcast? Oh, man, that would be juicy. I hope they do. I really, because think about, look, let's look at the Cowboys. Two years ago, they screw up the fourth quarter and the clock at the end of the game and don't get a shot to potentially win a game against San Francisco. Last year, screw up the clock. And don't get me wrong, San Francisco's good, but they screw up the clock last year against San Francisco, don't have a real drive at the end of the game with a chance to, you know, maybe add points, potentially win. Now if that happens a third year in a row, maybe against a different opponent, but something like that happens a third time. I mean, they've gone 12-5 and five, three straight years, and they haven't got to the conference championship game. You know why I think Belichick makes a little more sense in Dallas? Because Josh McDaniels there with them would like a, make a lot of sense because now you've got an established quarterback in the league who will be able to adjust. And you got like a receiver there in Brandon Cooks that played for McDaniels and Belichick, can vouch for it, can help pick it up. It could be the Belichick Bowl that we're watching from yeah. two of the Forget most Forget about the Pop-Tarts Bowl or the Cheez-It Bowl. This is the Yeah, because if Dallas loses this game, the conversation starts immediately, and I think Jerry Jones gets asked the questions right away, and then we'll start seeing the Belichick at the Hertz counter memes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. First shot of Bill Belichick in Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. There you go. At The Real John Lyons, at KJ Carson at Twitter. Thank you so much for spending your time with KJ and Lyons. W-E-E-I, good Sunday to you. Enjoy the football.
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.